Welcome to episode 143 of Gutter Trash, Haunts of Horror. My name is Eric. My name is Jason. We are hopefully going to be joined by a guest uh, during this show. Through the uh, miracle of technology. Through the miracle of technology, we will uh, keep you uh, afloat of all the uh, info as it comes along. <laughs> Or, uh, this is like, uh, this is like bad radio already. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, we can't get the satellite hookup. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. He's here with he's, us in spirit already. He's always here with us uh, in spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so while we, uh, while we wait, I guess, uh, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's, yeah. let's do what we normally do. What, what, Which is poorly. Yeah. Let's just ramble. Yeah. Um, we can start talking about the book, too. Haunt of Horror. If we want. I don't know. Yeah, let's talk about the fucking book. Let's there's, talk about there's that. There's a lot to talk about here. Is there? I think so. Okay. Think so? Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's a lengthy book. It is. It's it a is. multi-storied book. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's the Haunt of Horror, published by Marvel, written and drawn by Richard Corbin. Our guest is here. <laughs> he was knocking on the door. <laughs> well, our virtual door. Yes. Should we should we go ahead and announce him? <laughs> we are joined by our good friend Kurt Dins via the modern miracle of technology of texting. <laughs> <laughs> this episode should be probably an after-school special of why not to text. <laughs> like, when text goes wrong. His uh, first message to us is, Thank you, gentlemen, for having me over tonight. I am looking forward to reviewing this book. <laughs> oh, he's going the matter-of-fact kind of route. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm also amply pleased that you are joining us, Mr. Dennis. <laughs> Um, this is awesome. So he can't, okay, just to put this in perspective, we aren't recording this live by any means. He can't hear us. Nope. He's just texting us. Yep. And we're reading aloud the yep. random things that he texts. So it's by far <laughs> not like having a guest or an interviewee or anything. It's just a jumbled mess. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Haunt of horror. And, uh... What better way would it be for this show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if we somehow perfected one thing, it would just make everything else look worse in comparison. <laughs> oh. Alright, so Haunt of Horror, Richard Corbin. Master comic book artist, Richard Corbin. I would agree with that. Yeah. The guy knows what he's doing. Yes, he does. And he's old. Yes, he is. We had no idea. Uh, we we uh, looked him up online uh, just before we started to uh, figure out what else he's done. Because I sort of knew like a bunch of different things he's done. And I guess that's pretty much all he's known for, is just doing a bunch of different things. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's 70 years old. I would have guessed mid-50s. You know? Yeah, me too. Like, I knew yeah. he was active in the 70s, but I thought he was a kid. Right. You know? I wasn't really doing the math, I just was assuming things. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. I was assuming right there with you. He's older than my mom. 
He is the same age as my dad. Uh oh. Well, let's see what Kurt has to Kurt. say. And usually it won't be uh, related to what we're currently talking about, I would imagine. Uh, Kurt says he didn't even know this book existed until we said we were going to review it. Right. Well, that surprises me because uh, although I've never talked to Kurt about Richard Corbin, right. I can totally see a lot of similarities in their artwork. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, they both have a very uh, uh, defined uh, uh, art style that, that is heavily stippled. Heavily stippled. Um, very exaggerated human forms. Like, they understand anatomy, but they, like, like, a lot of things are stumpy or right. weird looking. Yeah. But, like, purposefully so, I'd imagine, in both cases. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, that surprises me that I, I would have thought this would have been, like, in his top five favorite artists of all time. Maybe it is. Maybe he's just, you know, he's right. a busy dude. He doesn't have time to read everything. Um, but yeah, Richard Corbin also, one thing we found out that we were both blown away by was the fact that he did the album cover to Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf. Yeah. What the fuck? How did we not know that? I don't know. <laughs> like, I've seen that thing a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, even, I mean, like, I can kind of understand because we, uh, I mean, we probably knew of that album cover long before we knew Richard Corbin. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and it's probably one of those things too. Like if that was the cover of a graphic novel, we'd be like, "Who did this?" And we'd examine it. But like whenever it's the artwork is crossed over into another medium, you sort of like you just see it and you it's iconic and you don't separate. You know, or at least I don't. I don't think about who painted what album covers usually. Right. I just think of like, oh, that's that album cover. You know. Yeah. Whereas yeah. comics, I'm always like, who did that? Who you know? Where, what year was that? How old was he? Who was he working for? You know. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know. It was, uh, Album art. I mean, a it's kind of a dying form. What with uh, digital albums anymore, and uh, mm-hmm. like even when they have a uh, some sort of cover, you know, it's usually just a photograph of the band or whatever. Right. Uh, but like like old school album art, you know. I mean, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we, as aficionados of art, know more <laughs> about those guys? You would think so. <laughs> like all those great. 80s heavy metal covers. Right, yeah, other than Boris Vallejo or yeah. Frank Rosetta. <laughs> or Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman did some? Oh, yeah. Well, not metal, but, like, he did the album cover for, like, America or uh, some, like, 70s band. Phil Hartman? Phil, Phil Hartman. Hartman, yeah. Like, deceased Simpsons voice actor? Yeah, yeah. Not Live yeah. alumna? Wow. Yeah, we got two uh, texts from Kurt here. Uh, he has been reading a lot of Lovecraft lately. And he is a Corbin geek. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. You know, that's he brings up a good point. I until this week had never read one word that H.P. Lovecraft had ever written. Yeah, like like I'm familiar with the Cthulhu legend through, uh, you know, it being paid homage to and other forms of art and movies and comics. Um, I mean, you hear a lot about Lovecraftian creatures and myths, but and as far as like actual stories of Lovecraft. I've never read anything until this week. Yeah. Uh, I I have a book somewhere that has some short stories. They are not the easiest things to read. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if it's just because, you know, it's written in sort of 1920s you know, language. Right. And, and, and he's a little bit of a 
pompous jackass. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it doesn't make him the, the, the lightest of reads, but I've read a few stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, out of the ones that are in this book, I think I've only read maybe one that was adapted here. Okay. Maybe two. I've seen a bunch of movies based on stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, like The Born Identity? Oh, yeah. That was yep. great. Yeah. Uh, Home Alone. Home yeah, Alone. Yeah, yeah. So when we talk about Lovecraft, you know, we're talking about uh, Macaulay Culkin yeah. grabbing his face and screaming. Oh, yeah. Joe yeah. Pesci getting hit in the face with a paint can. If Joe Pesci doesn't represent uh, the Urgoth or whatever, I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Stern is, you know... A scorpion-like demon astral projection monster from the other side of man's uh, mindscape. <laughs> wow. I can't text that to Kurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I wouldn't expect you to remember that because I can't either. <laughs> oh, oh, Kurt's back. Hi, Kurt. Let's see. Is this getting old, listener? Because <laughs> we're ten minutes in. Uh, he, uh, he says he knew that, uh, Corbin did do the cover for Bat Out of Hell, and it made him like, uh, Paradise by the Dash Award Lights even more. Wait a minute, did you, did you just text him about the Bat of Hell thing? Uh-huh. Okay, I was like, yeah. he's somehow picking up on our thoughts. <laughs> uh, if I can, I'm gonna try to respond to him. Okay. Uh, you know, just... I'll blabber on while you, uh, text. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so he said uh, he was familiar with the Battle Hell. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, I mean, he is a better fan than we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's also so much more metal than we are too. Oh so, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We we grew up on some metal. I yeah. rocked I rocked a mullet for a good decade. Oh yeah. I uh, had my fair share of you know metal concert going experiences in my teenage years, <laughs> but Kurt. Kurt makes me look like uh, Philip Drummond from Different Strokes. Yeah, <laughs> he makes us all look that way. Yeah, Kurt is uh, Kurt is the essence of metal. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty metal without being like without you know, being metal without being in a metal band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe at one time he was in a hardcore band. Yes, he was. Is that, is that correct? Yep. But uh, I'm talking about actively right now. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, he's as metal as you can get without actually being. In a touring metal band. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. But, uh, Haunt of Horror. Haunt of Horrors. First half of it, Edgar Allan Poe stories. Yes. Second half, Mr. Lovecraft. Yes. Howard Petunia Lovecraft. <laughs> Little known fact. <laughs> I'd go by HP as well if my name was Howie Petunia. Right, yeah. That's, yeah. uh,. I mean, he is, uh, legendarily sort of, uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's because of the name. He got picked on a lot. I pushed shoved around, yeah, milk yeah. money stolen, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I did notice there was a theme throughout his stuff that was translated here or adapted here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, uh, some sort of quest and adventure type things. Um, there's a lot of, like, you know, uh, archaeology type unearthings of strange artifacts and whatnot. Right. So he must have been somehow obsessed with this journey. What does Kurt say? <laughs> uh, Kurt says we were barely 17 and we were barely dressed. 
<laughs> oh man, I'm praying for the end of time right now. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, not not the show here. No, we're no, doing. Yeah, this no, is this, terrible. Yeah. yeah, but uh, as far as an ad- adaptation of multi stories goes, right? I think this really works. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I think. Uh, I think that. Because uh, I don't know. Because the way this book is set up, it's got uh, the adaptations that, that Corbin did, uh, either by himself or with a co-writer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it has, like, the thing that he adapted, like, reprinted next to it. Right. Or at least a decent excerpt. Right, right. <clears throat> and uh, a lot of them, surprisingly, on both sides, are just poems. Yeah. Because uh, I guess pretty much easier. And, and honestly, actually, those are the the comics... Of those ad- of those poems that he made, I think are far more successful than the ones that they based on short stories. The short stories, because it gives him a lot of leeway to take advantage of of you know like a, an open, you right. know, uh, you know, interpretation and and allow him to do. The things that he does best, really. Yeah, he ex- he can <clears throat> expand in directions that, you know, he's not confined to, uh, you know, a certain narrative. Actually, I read all these, uh, except for I didn't read the Telltale Heart because I have, that's the only thing I've, other than the Raven, I think that's the only thing I'd ever actually read before. Right. So I actually read all the, uh, the text pieces. Really? Yeah. And I, I, uh, I see what you're saying about the, uh, translation things, but, uh, some of my favorite ones were actually the ones based on the stories, like um, the uh, the music of what's the dude's name? Eric Zahn. Eric Zahn. That one was one of my favorites, and uh, the one towards the end about the uh, the lineage of explorers that are mad and kind of murder their family members. Oh, what was that one called? Was, uh, the Arthur's Arthur German, German something. something like that. Yeah, um, I liked that one a lot too, yeah. and. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I don't want to talk about two things at once here, but um, some of those some of those poems were amazing. The route he took, like uh, oh, what was it? Uh, the one with the yeah, this one right here, the uh, gangsta kind of rapper uh, yeah, guys. Yeah. That was amazing. The Israfel. Yeah, because he like on some of the stories, he actually just reprints all the text from the poem. And then just puts images behind it. Right. And that one was one of the best ones because even though it has all this, like, old original text, he's updated it to something that obviously Edgar Allan Poe wasn't imagining. Right, yeah. <laughs> like gangster rappers. <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure Edgar Allan Poe was the first gangster rapper. He was, he was, him and D-Nice. Yeah. Um, I don't think D-Nice was a gangster rapper. <laughs> I think he was a pretty boy rapper. But, uh... Yeah, I thought that was amazing. I thought that was a really great way to like uh, make it his own. Right. But uh, some of them, he took the poem. He just kind of took the essence of the poem and wrote his own words too. Right. So yeah. He really did have like a a myriad of ways to go about this, which I think is what you know was one of its strengths. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, was this, uh, the one about the vampire. 
I can't remember if that was on the Poe side. Oh, or the yeah. Lovecraft I think side. that was Poe. I think that the one where, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the early ones, I think. Yeah, here we go. I think. No, it's not the lake. It's, uh, the lake was really good too. Yeah, the lake was awesome. That was one of the ones with the actual poem, I think. Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. But what I kind of like about, like, for the most part, all of them, is that, uh, he turns them all, like, uh, I don't wanna, man, uh, he doesn't reduce them, but, and then the fact that it's Edgar Allan Poe and it's H.P. Lovecraft, and they're already sort of at that basis anyway. Right. But, uh, he sort of takes them and makes them into, like, little Tales from the Crypt type vignettes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He totally encapsulates them. Like, uh. Yeah. Like, even the. I don't think it was in the second half of the book, the Lovecraftian stuff, but he even has, like, a Crypt Keeper esque character right. during the Poe stuff. Like, he. Uh, Ed, Ded, yeah, yeah, he Uncle, Uncle Dedger or something. Yeah, yep. Uh, Kurt, uh, letting us know that he is, uh, texting from his deck. Drinking uh, vodka tonics. Oh, and that, nice. uh, and that uh, he's super excited about Corbin doing these stories and wanted to see his take on classic horror. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Kurt. Yeah, I'm having a Bell's Oberon Summer Ale. Um, <laughs> having a giant. Um, uh, it's uh, tap water. Stein of tap water. <laughs> It's tap water in a plastic subway cup. Yeah, but it's giant. It's giant. That, yeah. I've never seen a subway cup that big. It is uh, 44 ounces of... Uh, Dayton's finest tap water. Dayton's <laughs> finest tap water. Uniced, Ooh. as as cold as my tap goes, oh, perfect. which is not very... I don't like the ice in the water. I like the... Well, no, that's because you got uh, fucked up teeth. I do have the fucked up teeth. Uh, <laughs> more on that later. Um... So what do you think? We talked about the lake here. I just looked at it. When you compare the artwork and the stories like the lake that have this like almost painted, almost like look. yeah, it almost reminds me of like computer generated artwork. Yeah, yeah. Especially compared to the like harsh black and white stippling of the Telltale Heart. Right. It is so different, even though it is quite obviously the same hand making right. it, but it gives it a completely different feel. It totally does. Uh... He, like, I love Richard Corbin, and, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, the only reason I even bought this book was because he drew it. Like, I couldn't give a shit about Edgar Allan Poe or H.P. Lovecraft. Right. And, I mean, you know, I like those guys, you know, enough to a point. I mean, the Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, I think. some great gangster rap, I mean. Yeah, We've yeah. Whenever that already. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pioneered it. Him and the Sugar Hill Gang yeah, pretty yeah. much pioneered this, the scene. Kurt has something to say about the Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> Says the Sugar Hill Gang has a good style for horror. <laughs> he didn't say that. Did he? No, he's oh. talking about Richard Corbin. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, if he yeah. said that, this is some sort of madness. Because he's in the room. Oh my god, he's in the room. Yeah. I love that Kurt is just sitting on a deck somewhere, uh, getting drunk, texting with the feverishness of a 12-year-old girl about how much she loves uh, 100-year-old horror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome little it scenario is. to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were you... I... Oh, we're talking about the artwork. artwork how, yeah. how, how, uh, 
different and diverse as styles are. It's weird because we looked at the uh, we looked at the Bat Out of Hell cover, and that sort of looks like the uh, like like that other painted style, which yeah. which is so the detail and the shading and then the 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 light and the everything about it is uh, so smooth. It does look like it's three D rendered. Oh yeah, and and even the Bat Out of Hell cover does too. Uh, especially like the smoke coming out of like the pit behind right. the motorcycle. Uh, it looks like it's computer generated, but that album was <laughs> in like 1976, something like that. Maybe, uh, he had some sort of deal they with the devil. Computers there. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, there's like, it almost, some of the computer-esque looking artwork seems like something I shouldn't like because it has these like, it almost has like this weird, I don't know. This weird gradient to it that right. I usually don't like, but it just works really well with his artwork. Yeah, I like this kind of stuff. Right. Um, where the people are screaming underwater in the lake. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, like, it's, yeah, it's not a style that I want to see anyone else do. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like, usually, well, it's because usually whenever anyone else does it, it's so photorealistic that it's just dull. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's got such his own style. That, uh, like he can, he can do realistically rendered three dimensional painting and it looks great just because of how he already draws. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm looking at Eulalie, I believe it's called. It's a, it's a Edgar Allan Poe one, uh, um, but these characters are so, like, cartoony and exaggerated, but at the same time, this guy is, like, as he's shaving and gargling, it looks so real somehow. Yeah. Even though it's super deformed cartoony. Right. I mean, he just has a really good grasp on musculature and posturing and... How people move and... Yeah. Yeah. I guess... And, uh, like, I know... I don't think there's a ton in this, but uh, I know he did that uh, Luke Cage miniseries with uh, Brian Azzarello, and he did uh, some Hellbla- Hellblazer stuff with uh, Azzarello as well, and uh, he would draw... Like, really exaggerated, muscular dudes. Right. And the anatomy is, like, 100% correct, but it's also 100% exaggerated. Right. <laughs> how does how does that happen? I don't know. How does he master that? Uh, Kurt says he's not wearing any pants. How about us? <laughs> uh, technically, no, we're both in the short pants. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think some of my favorite imagery in the entire book, I was looking at a... Berenice, I believe. I don't know how to pronounce a lot of these. Um, but the one about the dentist, there's just a lot of like weird camera angles and like, uh, psychotic, you know, sort of teeth imagery. Right. I think that one is amazing. Like the floating mouth that's dripping. He's running through the open mouth here and he looks just like Rob Reiner, meathead from, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be that, but, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. Oh. Huh? What's Kurt <laughs> Nothing. Oh, okay. I thought he was saying something ridiculous. Yeah. There's a couple of them I didn't really like, honestly, like the stories, um, like, uh, what's this one here? The Canal. Uh, it just seemed to kind of end. And uh, I, th- I don't remember that one. It was, yeah, it was like the one where the, the I think it's a, a gay couple and the guy's looking for the other guy and there's a dead body in the street and it, and it just kind of ends. I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really get that. Or show it to me. 
Um, let's see. Where's that? Uh, yeah, this one here. Um, the art's amazing. Like, it's uh, people running through the streets in the rain. Okay. Yeah. It's great art, but... I just think that's a gay couple, though. Is it not? Is it? I is think it, that's a woman. Is it? Yeah. See, that's kind of another thing with Richard Corbin is that uh, sometimes you can't tell. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes he draws, like, giant breasts. Yeah. Um, like, very heavy metal, well, you know. Right. You know, like, that was his roots, I guess. Um, but yeah, that one I didn't really like. And this would be my biggest criticism of this book. I think it ended on one of the worst stories in the book. And uh, I think it totally should have ended on one of the longer stories, like, right. like the Arthur Jermaine one or, or something. But um, I thought the last one was, like, one of the most anticlimactic ones. Uh, the well? Yeah. I enjoyed this one. But, or... Okay, no, yeah, that one wasn't good. I got confused with, because uh, there's another one that deals with a well. Yeah. Uh... Oh, yeah, that one was good. Oh, yeah. Okay, the window is the one that it ends on. Yeah, the window. Yeah, that's, that's not so great. The art's good. Yeah, oh, the art is good in every one of these. Yeah, every panel is pretty yeah. awesome in this book. Uh, Kurt wants to know what your favorite story was. Um, I would either say the uh, the music of Eric Enric Zahn. Eric Zahn. Eric Zahn. Or The Raven, because I'd forgot how awesome... Oh, you don't have to tell them all this. Yeah. But it's one of those two. But the Raven, I had forgot how amazingly, uh, the the how lyrical it is and like how it just flows. Right. I mean, because I when I was when it was over, I I read the actual text part, and it just really flows. You can really, I mean, it's not clunky at all. Like some of the Lovecraftian poems, like they rhyme, right. but they're just like the schemes like really strange. And but uh, the, yeah, the Raven, I think, is an amazing poem. I mean, you know, like that sounds like me going. The Beatles rock, guys. Check them out. But you know, <laughs> you know, Seinfeld was funny. If you've never heard of it, look it up. But I mean, but it was it was yeah. it was surprisingly good. I haven't I hadn't read The Raven in twenty years. I'm sure. Um, I think I'm sadly more familiar with The Raven as the uh, uh, from the uh, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a line uh, in the poem that uh, just no matter what, I'm always going to read it as uh, Homer Simpson says it in that uh, in that telling. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> wow, can you imagine a Simpson story drawn by Corbin? Oh, wow, that'd be great. That would be great. Um, man, I don't. Uh... Well, first of all, Kurt, uh, in reply to the pants thing. Uh, says he prefers an unfinished basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it has been like a week and a half since I read this, so right. and I've been uh, I've been reading other things in between, so I've sort of forgotten. We're readers. We're nerds. Yeah, we are. We are. I've read a. I'm trying stuff. to read a, a book book, so that takes a lot more energy. Whoa, 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 time. whoa, whoa! whoa. I know. There's no pictures in it. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I think I really liked, uh, the music of, uh, or, not the music, uh, Arthur German. Yeah, that was uh, a really good one. Uh, that was, that was definitely my favorite on the, uh, Lovecraft side. Yeah. The artwork was incredible, like that last splash page. Yeah. Like, that's where you should have ended the book. They should have put that, the window in somewhere before that. Definitely. I 100% agree with you. Um. Do you have a favorite Poe one? 
Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to flip through this real quick and refresh my memory. What was your favorite uh, stuff, Kurt? Which ones were yours? Uh, well, uh, as soon as I finish flipping, I will text him. I, w- I would text while you're doing that, but since I've never texted in my life, I would probably just break your phone on accident. Just by touching it. Like, I don't understand how that works, even though <laughs> like, there's only a certain number of buttons on there, and, like, you do it really fast. And <laughs> there's not a whole, I don't know. Technology uh, eludes me. Well, we're also losing our light in here. The one yeah, we are. It's uh, getting dusk here, and uh, it's perfect, though, for the horror show. It's true, it's true. It's getting really eerily creepy, quiet in here, and dark at the same time. I think, uh... Nope. Oh, Jesus. Whoa. Eight, eight texts from Kurt. <laughs> I think my, my favorite post story, uh... I just passed it. Uh... Telltale Heart was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome, but that's, like, so familiar with that story. Yeah. Like, like, uh, yeah. Uh, the Happiest Day, I think, it might be my favorite post story. Which one was The Happiest Day? <clears throat> it was the one about the high school reunion. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. That's another one of those where he just sort of makes it his own with a completely different visual than was probably intended. But the Telltale Heart, I think the first day I ever read the Telltale Heart was the first day I ever heard Edgar Allan Poe's name when I was in, like, fifth grade or sixth grade. So I've always kind of had a soft spot for that because I remember it being awesome even when I was, like, you know, 11 years old. Yeah, same here. Uh, I used to have, uh, uh, I don't know if your school ever did this, but they would have, like, they would send you, like, a catalog and you could order books. Oh, yeah, from the bookmobile? Yeah, or whatever, Scholastic, I think. Okay. And uh, I want to say I was like in the third or fourth grade, and they had like a little. It was like yeah. as big as my phone, but it was like super thick uh, of like Edgar Allan Poe stories. Oh wow! So uh, like you know, that's where I first read the Telltale Heart. And that's awesome. It was also illustrated too, and, uh, like really by like, Richard Corbin. No, uh, <laughs> but someone who had a similar style to Bernie Wrightson. I can tell you that oh, much. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, so uh, still in uh, talking about the pants thing. Of course. Uh, no undies. Uh, in response to uh, your favorite stories, uh, he says, Raven, stay hard in the ballad of Marshall Stack. New wave of heavy metal. Oh, wait, you meant the stories. Oops. <laughs> I was like, what, what was that? I was like flipping through here like, I don't even remember some of those. Stay hard. Isn't that like something I ordered off of... Uh, the internet the other day. Sort of special pill. Uh, uh, he says that uh, he liked Telltale Heart. Yeah. I like that one a lot artistically because it, it's it got that sort of um, Will Eisner thing going on where there's not a lot of panel borders. Right. I don't think there's any panel borders actually not on Flip Through It. It's just like, but it flows really well. You're never lost on the page, which I think is a very hard thing to do. Um. Oh, one thing I love about the uh, Cthulhu monsters is all the freaking insane detail he puts into those. Oh yeah, that is crazy. He must have spent a week on that cover. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um. Yeah, I think uh, I wasn't so much a fan of of the, the stories that I was already familiar with. I enjoyed the ones that I didn't know so much. Yeah. You know? Uh. Probably just because I didn't, 
didn't bother reading most the, of the, text the, uh, the text pieces. So like, I was just getting unfiltered Corbin. Right. Know. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I figured, see, I, I started to skip over him, but after the Evil Ernie fiasco, I figured <laughs> if I didn't read every word, uh, I didn't want to get, uh, you know, two minus stars on, on my, on my report card. But no, I didn't, the only one I didn't read was Telltale Heart, because like I said, I'd read that so one, but, but it, but it's been years since I've read it, so I, don't know, I might go back and check it out again. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, good stuff. I, I definitely like the, Post stuff better overall, but the artwork is so amazing throughout that. Uh, yeah, it, it all works. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd love to see another collection of. I'd love to see him do. I don't know, maybe not Stephen King, but maybe maybe Clive Barker. I don't know. Nah, I don't. I don't know if that would. I don't know if that would lend itself to Clive Barker. No, I don't think so. He's got more of an old school sensibility. Yeah. Uh, maybe some H.G. Wells like H.G. Sci-fi Wells would be cool. Um, Maybe some, uh, some, like, Robert E. Howard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like some Conan stories. I'm sure he's done a Conan story. He has to have, right? Right. (laughs) I would imagine. I'll ask Kurt. I know he's done a bunch of Hellboy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. He did those. those. He's doing a Hellboy graphic novel, I believe, later this month for September. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess the most recent Hellboy series was the last uh, Fergredo's doing. Oh, really? And Magnola is going back to drawing it again. Really? Yep. I wonder what his, uh, reason for, for, you know, not drawing it for so long has been. He was tired, and he had a lot of other stuff to do. Yeah. And oh. he was slow. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Was this, this was all he did, right? Those two miniseries? He uh, did. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they've done another one since. So this this collection is all of his Marvel Max horror stuff, then? Yeah. That's awesome. Kurt says... Kurt says he liked Dagon, too, mostly because it was one of the first Lovecraft stories he read. Oh, yeah? I, uh, I thought the story was okay. Um, I've seen the movie Dagon. Oh, really? Which I really enjoy. I haven't seen the movie. It's, uh... Is there the one where the guy thinks things are coming for him at the window or something? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the movie is uh, really different, uh, but still pretty awesome. And it's uh, directed by the guy who did the Reanimator movies. Oh, okay. So you know he's got a—he's sort of like the unofficial Lovecraft director. Okay. <laughs> nice. Oh, Kurt's texting away again. Uh, I asked him if uh, Corbin ever did any Conan, and he said that he did some recent Dark Horse stuff. Oh, really? So, okay. okay. That makes sense. Might as well check that out, too. Yeah. Can't see the book anymore. It's actually pitch black. It is out. pretty dark now. This is like a uh, Edgar Allan Poe story. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Uh, you want to go ahead and take a break? Uh, I mean, I don't... Sure. That's yeah. cool. Uh, it doesn't seem... It's, we've reviewed this book almost the entire segment here. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like we talked about it a lot. <laughs> because we're too busy texting. It's so much true. fun. Yeah. The, uh, that's why the hours while away when people are in business meetings, because <laughs> they're texting the whole time. <laughs> well, let's take a break so we can actually turn on a light. Yeah. I'll uh, text Kurt that we're on our break, which... Uh, I'll just turn on this lamp here that I... This kerosene lamp that I got whenever I uh, ventured down into the catacombs of this ancient <laughs> civilization stairwell. All right, then. Let's, uh, let's go do that. All right. And hope that no monsters kill us. <laughs>
Hey, welcome back to <laughs> welcome back to Go to Trash. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> this was my moment. I only get one moment in the entire six hours of every episode. That was it. You fucking ruined it. I'm glad your basement flooded. No, I'm not. Only because artwork was ruined. Yeah. Uh, his his great important text that he sent <laughs> to interrupt your only moments. My mom, I my moment was uh, oh wait, Metallica did a Lovecraft song, the thing this should not be. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like eighteen minutes long. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> That's true though. That is that is an excellent song. Yes, they also did uh, the Call of Cthulhu. Was that a Lovecraftian thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess technically not. It's only an instrumental. <laughs> oh, wow. I just thought of a great idea. We should open a occult uh, bookstore slash craft shop and call it HP uh, Lovecraft. And, uh, you know, that you can buy, like, tassels for, uh, you know, scrapbooking and whatever. But you can also buy... You know, like a cult, uh, a cult reading. Right. HP. <laughs> Do we know anybody with the initials H and P? HP. Like. Hank Pym. My friend Hank Pym. Hank Pym loves crafts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. And that way it can now be a, a cult craft in the comic store. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who would not shop there? <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't I don't like the fact that I have to go to a comic shop where there are magic nerds there. Can you imagine, like, uh, a bunch of elderly women wanting uh, you to cut people to cut, like, uh, yards of fabric for them while you're trying to buy your uh, Batwoman comics? concerned about them. <laughs> just concerned about the uh, gothy fucks uh, who uh, will uh, want fake magic books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ones with those amazing uh, airbrushed covers and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why is the volume so weird? Huh. Oh, oh, whatever. Is, is the volume weird? The volume's a little weird. The volume's weird. I heard. Uh, I heard Pat was hard to hear on the last episode. Was he? That's what Kathleen said. Oh, I didn't listen. Yeah. Well, that's because Pat. Uh, you know, she should maybe tell the person who's actually uh, in charge of handling <laughs> the audio. She she's mentioned that to me today. <laughs> I said something about Pat and how fun it was having him on, and she was like, "Oh yeah, he was kind of hard to hear sometimes." Yeah. But uh, well, she's not going to listen to this one, so who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> she always listens. She's a, she's a, she's one of the good ones. Well, oh, she doesn't. No, she doesn't always listen. No, no one always <laughs> listens. This is gonna bother me, so I'm gonna try to figure out what's going on here. Adjusting, doing a little adjusting, doing a little adjusting of my crotch. So, speaking of crotch adjustments, Ew. I had to go to the dentist on Tuesday. Yeah, and uh, I hadn't been in let's let's go with a conservative estimate of one decade. All right, and uh. I was a little nervous until I made the appointment, and then for some reason, after I made the appointment, I was no longer nervous. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, even though there was like three and a half hours of scraping and x-rays and cavity filling, it was like the least 
painful, uh, nerve-wracking dentist experience of my entire life. Well, Kurt, however, just fell down the stairs and thinks he broke his ass. But he thinks he can still text. So he is in pain right now. Wow. I mean, he didn't have to spend $400 to get that pain, though, like I did. That makes, uh, I think the spending $400 but not feeling pain, it's still painful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a different kind of pain. It was, you know, that's the pain of, like, having to work. It's basically having to work a full-time, uh, week at Mavericks for free. (laughs) That's what that was. Uh, that sucks. Uh Uh-oh. More texting. Uh, so that was a dramatic turn. (laughs) (laughs) We need a little drama sometimes. Yeah, yeah. A little drama's not, uh, not so bad. But, uh... So, uh, you know, you said that the dentist found, like, you had one tooth that hurt, but... Oh, I've had a tooth that's been hurting me for a year, and I've been putting it off because I'm broke, and I don't have dental insurance. Right. And so... And you don't like the dentist. And I don't like the dentist in general, yeah. But eventually I talked myself into it because I was like... Actually, I read uh, Carrie McNinch's fine, uh, fine, fine mini-comic, You Don't Get There From Here, where she had some horrible dental trouble, and it was really expensive and painful, and I was like, I should get mine done. So I went went ahead and made an appointment and went out there. And the tooth that was bothering me was fine. It just uh he said that the enamel wasn't completely formed on it and that's why every time I drink anything cooler than ninety eight degrees it hurts like hell. And that's why you don't like cold water. That's why I don't like cold that is why I don't like cold Cold water. back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, he uh, he just gave me some sensitive toothpaste and uh cleaned it up and like Sensodyne brand. Oh, I was going to, like, the toothpaste cries when you <laughs> yeah. brush your teeth and you know, can't stop expressing its emotions. Right. It's sensitive toothpaste. It cries at, cries at uh, the movies a lot. Yeah, whenever I watch movies, now my mouth cries if I've freshly brushed. Um, <laughs> no, but, yeah, that was surprising. But I did have another cavity, and he went ahead and filled that. What's, what's Mr. Dins? Mr. Dins says that he thinks he'll be okay once the bleeding stops. That's usually my life right. motto. And uh, isn't uh, didn't you have a problem with that too at the dentist? I did actually. <laughs> they were they were trying to clean my teeth, and my okay. Spoiler alert: You're gonna get sick. Uh, my gums were bleeding so badly that they had to uh, f- you know postpone the end of the cleaning and uh, until my gums healed up. Uh, so they said, <laughs> in two weeks I have to come back. So I'll, I'll have been to the dentist, you know, more in the last, you know, in the next two weeks than I, I will have been in the last ten years. So. <laughs> that sucks, though. Yeah. At least this time shouldn't be nearly as expensive. So. But yeah, the last time I was at that dentist, they were like, it's been a while since you've been here, right? And I was like... I was like, the last time I was here, there was a little treasure chest at the end of the hall where you guys let me pick out a toy. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, that has been a while, huh? Did, did uh, they let you this time? There was no treasure chest. Damn it. Yeah, they got rid of it. And then instead of when I was a kid, they had, you know, on the ceiling, how they usually pin stuff to the ceiling so you can look at it while you're right. getting your face ripped apart. Right. Um, like Garfield and such. Yeah. This time, it wasn't any comics anymore. It was... uh you know those? What's that creepy photographer that puts babies in like butterfly costumes? Robert Maplethorpe. <laughs> um, I I can see how a crucifix on a jar of urine <laughs> would be easily confused with a a cherub or a 
a newborn uh, dressed as a bumblebee. But, <laughs> but no, it's some lady. I forget her name. But I don't know. There's these creepy photos. She puts, like, kids in, like, animal costumes. Uh, and, uh, that, that was what they had on the ceiling this time. So. See, I had, uh, I believe I told the story on here, uh, but uh, a couple years ago I had to uh, get my wisdom teeth pulled out. Oh, yeah. And uh, what they had there were uh, TVs. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You watched like an entire season of uh, MC or, uh, yeah. reality show. <laughs> well, this was weird. They had a new invention that was sort of amazing yet humbling. They have this, this, this giant, <laughs> giant TV screen. Oh, what another? Curtain. Why is it humbling? Well, because, because. What it is is the giant TV screen connected to it is like a a looks like looks like a little stylus pen with a with a cord, but it is a fucking camera. And he sticks it. He shows me every inch of the inside of my mouth on this like big screen high def TV. And you know, like him and the nurse are both standing there. I'm like embarrassed because I'm like my mouth's all fucking freaky and it's right. got like there's, my gums are dripping blood and there's like. <laughs> A fresh cavity fill in there, and it's all shiny, and like there's like all this garbage between my teeth, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, do you have to oh, at least make the lady leave the room?" You know, right? <laughs> yeah, if you if you haven't been, he said they just got it in the last year, and he's like, "I love this thing," and he's sticking this pen camera in my mouth, and right. I see every tooth from every angle. It was neat, but it was a little much. Right? Yeah. You know, nobody wants to see. What they look like. No, yeah. no, yeah. Keep me behind the curtain. Yeah. And the all powerful Oz. <laughs> uh, so did he, uh, drug you and then, uh, proceed to, uh, mouth rape you? Is this a question from Kurt or from you? From me. Oh. No, uh, no drugs. No drugs. They did, uh, put a little topical, uh, um, what's, what's that called? Like the numbing agent? Uh, uh Novocaine? Uh, it was something that he like put on my gums yeah. so they could work on it, but uh, yeah, but no actual shots or uh, right. gas. Or no, nah, I don't, see, I don't believe so. Right. There was a pen stylus, I believe, but I had my eyes closed for half of that. <laughs> so what you're saying is that your dentist has a tiny dick. Huh? Yeah, it's a tiny electric dick. Yeah, <laughs> he may have been sticking his vibrator in my mouth the entire the yeah. entire visit. Well, that's fun. Uh huh. Oh yeah, for him. Uh, I told Kurt that we were talking about dentistry. He asked who has the bad teeth. I said to you. Said figures, uh, how's that comic store dental plan coming? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's almost as good as the healthcare plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's sad is that me with my real office job, I don't have a dental plan either. No dental, no eye? Uh, no eye plan, which is shitty because I need my teeth and my eyes worked on. And especially you need your eyes to do your job. Yeah. You, yeah. Could, you could do your job gumless. You know, yeah, like I just could. gumming. Well, I'm toothless. Yeah, toothless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could. But, uh, yeah, I do if I need new glasses. Uh, and, uh, I have a health plan, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a health plan that gets laughed at. Oh, yeah. By, yeah. by the eye people. Yep. The optometrists. Uh, teeth are the windows to the soul, according to Kurt. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Mine, my soul's a little drafty. So my teeth are full of tartar. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if you had a gap in your teeth or if you yeah. had anyone pulled out. Well, there's an interesting story. When I was a kid, I had a gap in my teeth 
not unlike David Letterman's. I mean, like, significant. And uh, they told me I had to get braces. And uh, my brother, who had had braces, uh, took me off to the side and said, I don't care what you end up looking like. He said, that is the worst, most painful uh, experience of my life, and I wish that I would not have had it done, so don't do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I told my mom I didn't want to have it done. And I uh, probably cried a lot. Right. You know, which, you know, that that worked. Right. And uh, when my wisdom teeth came in, it, I had these horrible headaches, right. but it straightened my teeth. And I had my wisdom teeth pulled, and my teeth have been straight ever since. Wow. I mean, I mean I'm talking like... Like a, a, a full, like, two and a half centimeters gap between my teeth that is no longer there. And you can see. Yeah, yeah. You just like, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like almost the, like they fuse into one big yeah, tooth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wow, that is weird. Yeah. But I think, because uh, my dentist told me that when I was little that I needed to get braces too, and he told my parents, and, you know, uh, I think they tell everybody that you have to have braces. Right. And, uh, it's like, and they figure one of every three, it's like putting three lures in the water, you know, somebody's right, gonna yeah. bite. Those bastards. Uh, cause I used to have, uh, uh, right in the, the front two teeth there, I used to have a baby tooth. Uh, or wait, what was it? Oh, the adult tooth, uh, was coming in over the baby tooth. Oh. So, like, it was pushing through the top of my gum. Oh man! And like on top of the the actual tooth, and I and it was dead anyway, like the the baby tooth. Mm-hmm. So like I when I was a little kid, I always had uh, mm-hmm. that one tooth that was like yellow, and it had like a hole in it. Uh, oh man! You couldn't just pull it out. Oh, they pulled it out eventually, okay. uh, and then uh, I guess they thought that since that adult tooth was gonna was coming in from the top anyway, and like at a weird angle, that they thought that. You know, I was going to need braces to fix that. Right. Yeah, you never did that. Yeah. Right it itself. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I do have a problem on, uh, like, in the back teeth, not the wisdom teeth, but, uh, like, in the molars, uh, where there was no adult tooth to push out the baby tooth uh, back oh, there, okay. uh, which I guess is, like, a super rare thing, like, in, in dental history. Right. <laughs> so, like, they still had the baby tooth? Uh, no, no, oh. they had to pull it out because what was happening was that when the wisdom tooth came in, it was pushing the other molars in a row down yeah, on top of out. the baby tooth. Wow. And, uh, pushing that into the gum, so they had to get rid of that. Jeez. For a few years, I had to wear, like, a metal bridge between, uh, like, the two teeth. They eventually got rid of it, and, uh, I think my teeth are kind of lopsided now, though. Uh, in the back, uh, but you know they wanted to do like a whole other set of dental oh, yeah. shit back there too. Of course they did. Yeah, my dentist was actually awesome. Like he gave me all kinds of discounts because when I told him I had an insurance, he like knocked some stuff off, and he said he'd only charge me for half of the X-rays. And like he was super cool. I do have to say that, but uh, um, but yeah, overall I just I don't know. It's so expensive and. I mean, your body's gonna rot anyway. It's just, it's, it's like putting, it's like grading comics, you know? It's all gonna fall <laughs> apart anyway. Just fuck it. Yeah. Just let it happen. Let's, uh, you know, just, uh, live our lives the way we want to. Yeah. And, you know, if we die young, we die young. You That's know? why we're so free willing and crazy and people Damn are always straight. like, 
people are like, you guys walk on the edge of life, you know? Like, we live it to its fullest, um, sitting here in your, your apartment week after week, uh, texting people. Texting people, drawing, watching movies. Yeah, I mean, like, these are the Recording crazy. our uninteresting thoughts. These are the kind of things Gertrude, <laughs> Gertrude Stein writes about. I mean, you know, podcasts and, uh, drawing nights, yeah. That's <laughs> nutty, nutty crazy. Uh, Kurt Dentz writes in. <laughs> Do you guys like poetry? Like Poe and stuff? <laughs> like Poe and stuff? Yeah. Like the band Poe? Uh, I'm thinking Edgar Allan. Oh. But I guess the band counts too. EA Poe, yeah. Uh, wasn't that just a chick? I, uh, wasn't Angry Johnny? Wasn't that, that chick? Oh man, I don't know. I, uh, I, I remember the album cover is like a ball that said Poe on it. Yeah, I think uh, that was just a singer. Yeah. Oh, it was just like a lady? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll go right ahead and say that I do not like a poetry. I would imagine not. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I went through a phase where I really liked Charles Bukowski. I read about six of his books. Um, mm-hmm. thought they were great. And I had, a bunch of friends that did poetry. I never wrote any. Or no, I did. I wrote a few. Um, but they would do these poetry readings, and I would go to them. Like, there was one called Failed Seeker. That was the poetry group, and they went to a different bar every week, and uh, they just read, read poetry and drink. And it was it was actually really good. It wasn't, like, super cheesy poetry. It was almost, like, just, like, short stories with a rhyme scheme. You know? And they were actually really good, and some of those guys were excellent writers. <laughs> Uh, Jacob and Nick and Robert, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't really get into poetry so much anymore. Right. No. Uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt says that, uh, he knows he's missing a great Jason story right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, he is starting to think poetry blows. How about, uh, do you consider Dr. Seuss poetry? That's a tough one. Ooh, that is a tough one. Because that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Dins. Um, I don't do you, know. Yeah. Or, or do you like song lyrics? Could be considered poems? They could be, and I don't like song lyrics. Really? See, yeah. I love song lyrics. I think, uh, I think singers are, uh, pretentious fucks. I, I think you, I think we've covered that before. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you do not like the singer songwriters. Nope. Uh, I, I like them. I can get behind the lyric writing. Yeah. I did some lyric writing in my day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in some bands, some punk rock bands. I think uh, I think we all did that at one point in time, mm-hmm. you know, in high school, junior high. Right. I just uh, grew old out of that <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I probably stayed with it until I was about 25. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Seuss, I don't know. That, that's, I guess technically it's poetry. Hip-hop, that's poetry. Yeah, I don't like hip-hop. Oh, see, so yeah, I like hip-hop. And, and that's the thing, like, I don't like, it still falls into, like, the singer-songwriter thing, like, I just don't, I don't like lyrics of songs. Right. I, I like singers, and I like when they sound good, I just don't give a shit what they're saying. Like, if they're singing another language, it doesn't... Doesn't bother me. Right, it doesn't... I guess. As long as the, 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 the music and then the, the flow of those lyrics sounds good... And that's all I care about. I think the sound is more important than the content. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, not like a style over substance, but just like a substance over, right. yeah. you know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like some, I like good lyrics. I think that adds a lot to a I song. Mean, I can appreciate good lyrics and I can appreciate reading poetry, mm-hmm. uh, to a point. 
uh, especially old poetry. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think after, uh, after like the 1900s, you know, right. that's, uh, yeah, poetry's done. Oh, Bukowski, <laughs> I think Bukowski was really good. Uh, Dunbar, he was good. <laughs> Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Uh, so yeah, so do, uh, Kurt wants to know if, uh, there are any, uh, good Doogie stories to share. Um, today I actually met up with Doogie. He he met me and Kathleen for lunch, and he had a pair of running shoes with toes in them. Oh, great! He was t- he was taking them back because he said he didn't like them, but but uh, yeah, he just bought a pair of shoes with toes in them. <laughs> They're called finger foots or something. I yeah, I've seen them before. I think the first time I ever saw them, some kid at Mavericks was wearing them. Yeah. A magic guy wears them all the time. Yeah, they're not right. Well, supposedly, Doogie says they're they're made for running because it gives a like a, like a perfect balance to your you right. know, form or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was my that was my encounter with Doogie today. <laughs> uh, Kurt's response is, "Oh, that Doogie. <laughs> Doogie's awesome." <laughs> He uh he also wants to say thanks for having me, guys. Just in case he misses the music cue. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't think we're done yet, are we? I don't know. I don't know. It's up to you. I got. Uh, are, we, are we got any stories to tell? Any news to share? Uh, uh, my car's fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got. Uh, I need. Uh, I need rear brakes. I need uh, drums for those rear brakes. I need wheel bearings. Because uh, there's a leak in the brake line on the driver's side uh, rear brake. I need a new passenger side front rotor. Uh, there's a caliper on the driver's side uh, front brake that uh, is uh, rubbing up against the wheel. Mm. I need a front half shaft. Uh, <laughs> wow. I've never even heard of half of those things. Yep. And uh, the estimate for all of that is about $1,000. Oh. Maybe you could do some, uh, like if anyone listening has all that stuff or the means to, uh, repair it, maybe you could do some sort of design work for them in exchange. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Uh, there's a, well, first of all, let me just say, I just texted, uh, Kurt about, uh, the running shoes. Yeah. Uh, he says those freak him out. Who is he running from? <laughs> um, I think. I don't know who he run, runs with or for, or I don't I don't know what he runs. I thought he just, you know, biked around. Right. But is he running from anyone? I think, he, I think he runs. I think he jogs. You know, like. from anyone. <laughs> I don't think so. Don't no, think so. no one's chasing him. I don't believe so. he's not trying to escape anything. Not that I'm aware of. All right. <laughs> hmm. Uh. Okay. But there's an artist on Twitter that I follow. Uh, his name is Evan Shaner, aka Doc Shaner, and uh, I don't know if he's ever had like a big comic that he's ever done. I think he's just an illustrator, mm-hmm. uh, but he does like a lot of comic-related illustrations. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> last week he posted a a tweet saying that his car was broken. And that uh, he was now accepting commissions to pay for his broken car. And there has never been anything in the history 
of mankind that has ever upset me so much. Really? Yeah. Because oh, why can't I do that? Oh, oh, I see. Why can't I do that? I thought you meant like the sheer audacity for someone to ask. No, yeah. that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I want to do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Why can't I go on to Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus and say, hey, my car is broken. Commission's now open. Uh, I'll pay you, uh, <laughs> I'll pay you 20 bucks to scan in, uh, my graphic novella. <laughs> if you do it all by next weekend. <laughs> uh, could you add 900 more dollars to that? Uh, we'll see how the scans look, but, uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an absurd amount of money. Thousand bucks. So, uh, I talked to my landlord, and because he's a car guy, and uh, he told me to talk to uh, the neighbor who lives behind me, not the neighbor who lives above me. Oh yeah, not not the the uh, infamous neighbor who has been a guest on this show so yeah. many times. Because <laughs> uh, I guess he he's a car auto body guy, like a guru with cars. Yeah, so if he. If he at least can't fix it, he can hopefully point me to a place that's not going to charge me that amount of money. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. I took it to like a little small, you know, independently owned place, figuring that oh, you know, they'll be, you know, cheaper than like you know if I took it to Midas or whatever. Walmart, Walmart or something. Yeah. yeah. Except Walmart doesn't do that type of work. Oh, they just do oil change and Pretty tires. Much. Yeah. Uh, but nope. Yeah. Because I did take it to Midas, uh, like a... Uh-oh. That must have been quite a text. Uh, he just, uh, I agree, guys. With what? Whatever. Oh, whatever, whatever we're talking about. Talking about. Oh, he's playing it as if he knows what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> uh, that's interesting, Kurt. Uh, I wish he was here in the room. I did, too. You know, he's going to be in Cincinnati next month. Yeah. And we could try to rope him to come and be an actual guest. It would be really awesome if he could, because yeah. uh, I guess his in-laws live in Cincinnati, and so he visits more often than not. Ooh, yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, isn't are we are we between uh, his place in Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah we are. I mean, technically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got to go north at some point. He doesn't fly from Cincinnati to Chicago, does he? Oh, I don't know. He's just. Texting random things now. And it's awesome. What was he saying? Yeah, that's true. Unless the feds increase rates. <laughs> oh. is, is he referring to the flying? I'm not sure what he's referring to. I don't to. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if he flies. Ask him if he flies. See if he wants to uh, drive up for uh, during you know the weekend of the... Because it's a Saturday only thing, so maybe he could come here for the Sunday. Well, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Or he could show up for draw night and we could record... Whatever. Fuck yeah. Um. But, uh, uh, I wish you luck with the car. Yeah. Luckily, like, uh, my coworker has, uh, agreed to, uh, to drive for the foreseeable future as long as I pay a little extra for gas money. Nice. Which is totally reasonable. Yeah. That's super cool. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Because, uh, I think I told you yesterday, if I could figure out a way where I don't have to work for, for, where I don't have to do anything. So, like, put me in, like, a, a 
cryogenically frozen sleep right. for like three weeks, but I can still get paid, <laughs> then I will totally be able to afford the repairs to my car. So it's like as long as you're not you know, eating or traveling or right. yeah. doing anything. If, if I can find a way to not have any expenses right. and save my entire paycheck... Just uh, we'll we'll just put it out there right now. Eric is now doing commissions. I am accepting <laughs> commissions. Uh, you can uh, email me for rates if you are interested. Yeah, please be interested. Please, for the love of Christ, be interested. <laughs> Wouldn't you like a nice piece of artwork on your wall? You yeah. know, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I draw for people for Christmas all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it happen. S- except for Jason, who I still owe him a Christmas and a birthday present. I think we just maybe at this point should agree to. Not uh, give anybody, not give each other. Well, yeah, we can just skip the last year, cancel each other out, and then, like, we'll just do it this year. All right, all right. Uh, that'd be good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I'll draw, I'll draw for anyone, uh, you know, uh, willing, willing to, uh, draw as long as you're willing to pay. Actually, here's a segue for you that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, recently Kathleen told me, uh, an artist that she looks at on Twitter was doing the same thing in order to pay his rent. Yeah. Um, he was doing 30 hour, er, 30 hour drawings for a dollar. No, he was doing one hour drawings for $30, I believe. Okay. He said he would spend an hour on it unless he got, he said, unless it looks perfect to like at 50 minutes, then I'll stop. But he said, oh, I'll spend at least an hour on it. And that was Dustin Harbin. Okay. And, uh. Who is, uh, significantly more, uh, well known than I am. He's, he's, uh, doing okay. Yeah. But, uh, I wanted to, uh, put this out there. Thank you to Dustin Hartman. He he and Brandon Graham uh, both significantly promoted our uh, Fantastic Four project, yeah, right. number nine project. I don't even know what it's called. Fantastic, Fantastic Four number nine project. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, press about yeah. that. Yeah. It's so, awesome. That was very cool. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're seeing any spikes in traffic. Right. Uh, nobody's made any kind of comments about uh, anything on the blog. To be fair, though, I think I think maybe the comments are turned off. I don't know. Oh, really? I think because everything's so old. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, people... Maybe they might be looking at it. Someone may have looked. They may have... Uh, like, the latest one that's been posted is Kurt Dins's page. The guy who's texting us right now. <laughs> that very man. So <laughs> go to fan49.guttertrash.net yeah. and check it out. And uh, the nine is the numeral, not the number. And not the uh, word. The new roll, not the number. No. Yeah. The new roll, not the word. But, uh, we have, uh, uh, about three pages that we haven't put up yet, and we're gonna start on that maybe after this podcast. And we have two more on the way, the ones I mentioned earlier, the Brandon Graham and Dustin Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's five that aren't even up there yet, so keep coming back and looking at it. We do like to, I mean, space them out. Space them out, cause, cause, uh, this is, uh, this is an expensive endeavor for you. It is. Like, one of the things that covered it said I've been doing it for three years. It's actually been five years because I started in 06. Right. And, uh, well, we've only been posting it for three years. Uh, yeah, yeah they, see, they saw the dates on there. But, yeah, it's it's an expensive hobby for someone who can't even afford to get his cavities filled. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> in fact, having your cavities filled uh, killed a commission. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> yeah, it's it's luckily <laughs> luckily for me, uh, Norwegian comics artist and cartoonist extraordinaire Jason yeah. uh, turned me down this year. He's one of the only two people that have turned me down so far. Uh, and he was very polite about it. Who's the other? Dave Sim. Okay. He yeah, was just sure. crazy about well, it. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, he was going to do it. He just wasn't going to give it to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's how that happened. <laughs> 
I met Dave Sim, uh, who you may know as the crazy misogynist behind Cerebus. Um, <laughs> which, you know, obviously I don't think he's a crazy misogynist because I had to, to sign the waiver. Signed his waiver saying he's not. <laughs> so this is pure jest here when I say this, but. Uh, no, no, I, I love Dave Sim, I really do. And I don't know that he is misogynist, I just know that he is crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I talked to him at a convention, and, uh, convinced him, you know, that it might be cool to do a page. And he said, just write me and tell me, you know, how much money you'd be willing to pay me. He's like, you know, he's like, the most that you'd be willing to pay, just write that number down and right. send it to me. And so, I figured it up and, uh, I, you know, I basically told him I'd give him a week's pay for right. me. Which I think is, Fair. That's fair, fair right? Yeah. I mean, I, I work full, a full 40 hour week. It's not like I'm working two hours at the Circle K. And so, um, I wrote him and he said, uh, well, I'm not really doing commission work right now. He kind of hem and hawed. He didn't say that it wasn't enough money, but I figured that's really what it was. And he said, what he might do though, is he might just do the page for fun and then put it up for auction on eBay. And I would have just the same chance as any other schmo to buy it. And then whoever bought it, if it wasn't me, he would send me a really nice, uh, uh, like high quality, high, scan. high quality, uh, well, not even a scan, but like a like a poster, print. Like, okay. a print, yeah. like you know, something on nice paper. Which you know, in his crazy way, that was him being nice. But uh, but uh, why why would somebody else want to buy that? You right. Know? Yeah. Like it's well, because it's Dave Simmer. Right. Yeah. 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 But they'd be like, I for some reason I have this fantastic four page that Dave Simmer did. <laughs> Yeah, like out of context with all the rest of the issue. You know what's super shitty about this whole thing is that uh he drew a comic for our friend Brian John Mitchell for, for free. free. Yeah, for free, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if only I knew I some mean, I know they're tiny comics, but come on. <laughs> if only I knew somebody who had some pull <laughs> with Dave that could be like, you know, my friend does this project and uh actually actually don't Brian, don't tell him that because I had Dustin Hardman do his page. <laughs> so <laughs> Which I think it came out pretty stellar, so uh, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Dave Sim to also do it. That would right, be right. bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, if you've already given away the page, fuck Dave Sim, fuck I, Dave Sim and his crazy misogynist dad. <laughs> I would never say that because I still love the man, but uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, like like you know, a parent would say, "I'm not angry, I'm just, just disappointed." disappointed. Yeah, because yeah. I really wanted him to be involved. I've been a fan of his artwork since I was like 12 years old. Right. So, you know, but that that's okay. Yeah. He's he's doing his thing and I respect the man and he just didn't choose to do this and that's yeah. that's what that's what out. Yeah. I forget who was the other person who rejected you this year. J- Jason. Jason. Norwegian. Jason, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz he he got all his superhero stuff out of his system already. With the uh, strange tales, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I understand that. I mean, yeah. like he's he's a prolific artist. He does 17 books a year. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. Like uh <laughs> Uh, the, you know, the last musketeer, left bank gang, why are you doing this? Right. You know, shh. Uh, all these, these are great books. He's an, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, we reviewed one of his books, didn't yep. we? Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome guy. Check him out. So, uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, some text from Kurt. Ooh. Uh, says if, uh, if he knew how to do that, he wouldn't be drawing comics. I think at this point we should mention that uh, Kurt is the uh, fantastic artist of uh, One Year in Indiana. Oh, yeah. We we didn't mention that earlier? I don't think so. What the fuck is wrong with us? I know. We talked about him being an artist yeah. and having a Richard Corbin-esque style. Yeah. But, yeah, One Year in Indiana is his is, uh, 
I guess his longest running book. He's also got another one called Her that he does with someone else. H U R R. Yes. Not H E R. No, yeah. And uh, I think he recently put out a trade of paperback of his one year in Indiana. Nice. So. He's also a fellow contributor to our OK Panic site, which you can see at ok-panic.net. Yes. Um, Although he didn't contribute last week. He was too busy. Sure. He was too busy. <laughs> uh, no, I think I, I, I kind of punked him out because I, I sent him an email and I said, I said, I basically, I threatened him. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. I said, look, fucker, uh, we got rid of Pat because he was too good and, you know, he was going to be on, moving to bigger and better things. And, uh, and we don't want you, uh, grandstanding every week and making us look like peons. I was like, if you, you need to sit one out every once in a while or I'm going to, I'm going to send some guys over to do some work on you. And, you know, he, he got the message. It yeah, came, it yeah. came through pretty clear. I think though you were, you were looking for him to take a fall, but but uh, you didn't actually mean him to not actually right. sit one out. Yeah. You just wanted him to not do a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, like you know, a game that's fixed, and the 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 guy like you know drops the ball right before the end zone, and right, you're, like, right. you're like, oh, it's fixed. Yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, <laughs> that's but that guy still played. Yeah, he still he showed up. He, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. he, he still <laughs> drinks some Gatorade and you know, whatnot. You know, <laughs> Kurt was just sitting in his pungent basement. Oh, yeah, we should mention that too. His website, where you can see all his beautiful artwork, www.pungentbasement.com. Pungent basement art. Pungent basement art. Okay. Let's see here. We got, uh, sometimes I get rashes, so. Huh. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. And uh, he is going to mix muscle relaxants with vodka tonics tonight. Ooh, that might be bad. That could be very bad. Yeah. Uh, this could be the last appearance of Kurt Dins on our show. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, looks like we won't be having him on the show uh, ah, if he makes it up to Dayton at some point. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, he might die tonight. That's, that's too bad. But if he doesn't die tonight, he is going to start Jason's story tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Kurt Dins is uh, going to be drawing a... Comic for me. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I, I, I can honestly say without any hubbub here, um, I'm so excited about this Veggie Dog Saturn special because all of my favorite close personal friends that are in the comics, uh, community are involved. And I thank you all for, uh, contributing. Sincerely. Yeah. Sincerely. It's really cool. I look forward to seeing that done mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. As I do to every single one of your comics. Oh, sweet. Because then you can stop talking about oh, it. Yeah. God. That's all I ever do. Uh, me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all I know. It's all I know. You know, I think eventually I'm going to, uh, muster up the gumption to ask Jeffrey Brown to contribute something to one of my comics. Right. Like, if nothing else, if I do a trade paperback, I'm going to see if he'll do, like, a cover blurb or an intro or something. Because um, I respect that man indefinitely, but I don't want to impose and be like, hey, draw a cover for me and, you know, have this weirdness because he's like, oh, we're not really friends. We're just, you know. <laughs> You know, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to enter into some weird territory. So I'm, I think about if I put a trade paperback collection together, I'm gonna just ask him to, you know, fill contribute something like right. a forward piece or a, right. something like that. Yeah, I think that's that's okay. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to draw. Yeah. He can if he wants. Can if he, he wants. Can do yeah. a little one page comic. You're, you're not gonna discourage him from drawing. Right. Yeah. Certainly not. 
right, well, I think, uh, I think we can take this opportunity to get the fuck out. Might as well. It's been fun. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I would call this a failed experiment. I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't want to do this, uh, Ever again. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I had fun. This yeah. uh, livened up the show a little bit for us. Right. right. Yeah. It was nice to hear from Kurt. Sort yeah. of. Sort, sort of. of. Yeah. So, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and, uh, pick him up in for the next episode. Well, I want to say thanks to Kurt first. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate for it. This. Yeah. You're awesome. Uh, you know, we could have saved that for after I picked my movie. Ha! Why would we do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, let's save it. Alright. So I'm gonna pick my Okay. <laughs> Uh, movie I'm picking, still on the Mist Classics, we'll be oh, doing this for a while. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, cause, uh, I gotta see all those movies. Yeah. Gotta do it. Might as well. Might as well. Might as well do it for here. Uh, so this next one, uh, to, uh, to sort of, uh, go in a different direction from the last one that I picked. Ooh. Which was, uh, kinda, kinda dark and, and depressing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this will be a little more lighthearted. Uh, The Sting with uh, Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Never heard of it. I'm down. Seriously? Never heard of it, yeah. I've really? Never heard of it. I've heard of Robert Redford and that other guy. Paul, Paul Newman. Yeah, Paul yeah. Newman. I've heard of Sting, right. the wrestler. But you've never heard of The Sting? No, I've never heard of it. Never Seriously? Heard of it. Never heard of it. Wow. Huh. You've never seen it either, don't judge me. I've never seen it, <laughs> but I've fucking heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's on my list of missed classics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it 70s, 60s? Uh, early 70s. Yeah. Okay. Uh, alright. Yeah. Sweet. I'm down. Alright then. Well, uh, now I want to thank, uh, Kurt Dins <laughs> for, uh, texting us through the entire show here. Yeah. Uh, apparently had some, uh, had some problems, uh, uh, staying sober and uh, and on his feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can honestly, without a doubt, say this is the most enjoyment I've had from uh, texting. Uh, <laughs> from from I've never texted even tonight, but uh, with texting going on near me in my vicinity, this is the most enjoyment I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. so I appreciate that. Kurt, uh, Kurt has some uh, final thoughts. Oh, okay. Uh, Eric, what do you mean you don't like it when I write numbers instead of words? And then, uh, OI812. Oh, Van Halen. That's OU812. Oh. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Alright, uh, so yeah, thanks Kurt. This is, uh, yeah, this was super fun. But again, yeah, I don't think, uh. Yeah, if you, if you watched the sting this week, Kurt, keep your text to yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, send us an email after the show. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it goes for all the rest of your time. <laughs> Thanks, uh, thanks everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. You can subscribe to Gutter Trash at iTunes or directly at guttertrash.net. If you go to iTunes, please leave us a review. You can email us at eric at guttertrash.net or jason at guttertrash.net. For more info, you can find us on Facebook. Or you can go to seanborn.net or buyerbeware.guttertrash.net. Listen to our sister podcast, League Night, at league.guttertrash.net. 
Thank you for listening. Until next time.